Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me is a special guest. Well, I didn't even introduce myself yet. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold on. My name is Felipe. I am your host. And with me is a special guest. No Sean, no Austin, but I do have uh, from the bullpen. Once again, I go to my right-handed pitcher from New York, Brooklyn, Coney Island, James. Hand the boat. James, introduce yourself. Uh, well, my name is James. Uh, so a lot of you guys who have been in the baseball league Facebook group for a long time uh, probably know me already. Uh, resident angry Met fan. Um, <laughs> uh, Jacob the Grand Doppelganger, sure. Yeah, old Jacob the Grand Doppelganger, not a new one. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I'm excited to be here. You know, I, I even personally reached out to Felipe like, hey, you got, you got spots? You got spots for the, for the podcast coming up? I want to talk. You know, I'm itching my, my first place for 15 and 17. I'm itching. I got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in luck. No Austin, no Sean. They went on vacation. That's the beauty of going to a three-man booth is that uh, I don't have to be around all the time because they can take care of it and vice versa. So I took in some weeks off and they've uh, picked up the slack in, in, in my absence. And now I'm picking up the slack and James just so happened to be, Hey, you got any one of them open slots for me, man? Like all like a crackhead over here. So yes, we do today. Today's a day. So you are from New York. You wanted to talk about your Mets and the Yankees. I'm pretty sure baseball is a hot topic item at hot topic. No, I'm sorry. In New York, New York city. Uh, How's the buzz been so far over there where you are? Uh, I feel like it's like a, when I was like nine years old in like 2006, when like we had like several good New York teams and stuff, you know, it's like when the Mets were actually doing something and like the Yankees, you know, or just the Yankees are always got something going on. Yeah, it, It's crazy. New York is like a little bit of like a hot pot right now. It's like, you know, the Yankees are the best. The Mets are the best. And it's like, you know, I feel like even the Subway series isn't even going to settle anything at this point. It's just, it's going to be some argument all year round until we get another 2000 and some Mets versus Yankees in the world series or something. And that's the only thing that's going to shut people up, but I don't know. It's fun. Like I don't necessarily hate the Yankees, you know, but I think this is good for New York, you know, New York sports in general. Like the last time a team has even been to like a championship in New York is probably 2012, like 2015 when the Mets made it. Right. And then before the last time we won one was in 2012 when the Giants beat the Patriots. So it's like, our city needs this. It's like, this is like, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm not used to uh, New York being the loser town that it is. All yeah, this really. losing that they do no championships. Yeah. So yeah, that is, yeah, you're right. It is 2012, right? Yeah. 2012 was the last time a New York team won a championship and it was against the giants. And yeah. actually, you know, what? I was wrong. I don't, I, I can't actually know. Yeah, I'm right. The Mets were the last time anybody made it to the championship. Cause uh, I think it was 2014. The Rangers made it to the, Stanley Cup and lost to the Kings, which I don't uh, really about right now. So yeah, I mean that's that. that's some Philly shit right there. What, what's going on over there? You guys not? I, I don't know. I guess you know we like to spend. We don't know how to spend right. But yeah. you know, uh, it sounds like you guys are not rigging the system properly like you used to. That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> that's all I'm thinking here. But yeah. hey, but hey, you know what? You are. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the fan graphs. I, I guess I could share this. I, I didn't want to share today, but I guess I'll share my screen today. <laughs> but the fan graphs. Uh, see, the thing about it is, I got to make it bigger now because. You got people who need reading glasses and stuff. So, all right, fan graphs. As you can see, Yankees are an 11.4% chance of winning the World Series. Wow. Which, as you'll see, that's higher than anybody else. Oh, well, the Astros. The Astros. <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, <laughs> hey Astros, uh, they proved them, man. They, 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 they no hit the Yankees. That means the Yankees suck now, and the Astros they are know. the real team. They no hit them, but I don't know if you've, like, really looked at their lineup like that, but 
their lineup is not even that great. Like the one through five is like just disgustingly amazing. Like they're, they're one through five in that lineup every day is so scary. But mm-hmm. then like it gets to the guys after that and you're like, these guys are like, this team is, you know, in the top in run production. Like what it's a really good team. I mean, it's a very um, under the radar team and they got injuries too like yeah. they're not even at full strength and they lost a lot of people to just uh free agency and just you know making trades to stay competitive without the trash can so yeah <laughs> uh, but we're looking at the astros uh i mean uh, you're right jose altuve michael brandley i mean that this this lineup doesn't strike out a lot that's the other thing yeah uh, you want to you want to oh well that's another good example it's so so uh, there's, um, I mean, Yuli Gurriel, I mean, we know who he is. Aletnas Diaz, he, he's uh, he's a steady middle infielder. And then Jake Myers, who was, uh, every well, I guess he's uh, finally back. But Jake Myers was everybody's uh, favorite uh, outfield grab in fantasy leagues last year. Yeah. That's probably the guy who strikes out a lot. And then Martin Maldonado, who I think is just an automatic out. Yeah. But I think so is Jason Castro. And, and uh, kid, uh, Matt, Matt Jevick or whatever, he bombed the ball last night. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I had the game on last night just because it was like the Met game wasn't on yet. And I think it was 109 miles an hour or 114 miles an hour or something like that. Yeah, It was gone the second it was off the bat. Like it, the second he hit it, it was out of the park. Like everybody knew it. But, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's a 26-year-old guy who finally – is this his first year? That's, he finally made it to the big leagues, has already yeah. struck out 43% of the time. Yeah, it's only seven games though. So I, yeah, I, I know, I know. But uh, he's on the Astros. You know how they are. Like that, that, that won't be like that for that long. Yeah, what was he doing at AAA? Yeah, he's shown that. Um, oh yeah, he, this is him right here, man. He does strike out a lot. Thirty percent here, thirty-one percent there in twenty nineteen. Yeah, down this year though, look at the twenty-four percent. Not high, not very low, but I mean, it's lower than you know forty-two percent. So well, uh, uh, there is a caveat to that. That this year was the second stint in yeah. AAA, so it's always easier the second time around. So you got to be wary of that. But uh, I, I think the 30% is more realistic than the 24% and the 42% that he's doing right now in the majors. Yeah. It's not so, I mean, it's, it's, it's extremely high, but you could expect some extremely high strikeout numbers from him, I think, just based on a quick glance on his uh, major league roster. But you're right, if they get a bunch of guys who you don't think they should be doing anything, and then they do stuff, right? Yeah. It's a hell of a lineup. I mean, I can see why they're still uh, among the league leaders in the offense and why they're giving Yankees uh, the fits because they don't strike out a lot. They know how to take pitches. You could say that it's the trash cans or the the, the computers or the cameras, but uh, just on their own merit, take that garbage away. Yeah. <laughs> garbage. Take that, snots, take that narrative away. And it's still, I mean, you, who's going to doubt Michael Brandling's hitting ability? Yeah, you, I mean, the only I'm not. Left- like from that era or regime is really like Bregman. I mean, like we already know Altuve wasn't like a part of that, or at least that from like the player standpoint, he did nothing with that. But like Bregman was one of the ones that like most likely really did do something. So like everyone yeah. else, like you can kind of give them the pass. Like these guys are just hitters. Like Tucker and Alvarez, like they, they were like stars before they even like came to the majors. Like you knew they were going to do something. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think it's time to stop hating on the Astros. They did what they did. It's over. That was like five years ago. You know, yeah. Oh home. God. Seems like it was yesterday, but it's only it's only yesterday because it, it kept it keeps getting brought up. I guess I mean that's how legendary yeah. it is. But then the real story is the pitching staff. I mean, they they lost Garrett Cole, but that's all right. They just were waiting for Justin Verlander to get back from Tommy John. Christian Javier is just 
Oh my God, James, we talked about him all off season long. We, we, we told you guys, watch out. And I, I know that the Astros love to do their little weird things that they like to do over there. So they started Javier out of the bullpen because they wanted to go to a six man rotation or, or, or include Jake Odorizzi in the rotation. And of course, Odorizzi, I think he's still hurt. So yeah. finally the Christian Javier has some light so it gets the spotlight and he shone brightest in the biggest of stages yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, that was like, he was like dicing the, the, the Yankees up last night. Like it wasn't even like one of those nights where like, oh, the Yankees just don't really have it. Like he was behind on Stanton. I think I, I, I just won at bat that I was watching. He got behind Stanton 2-0, just threw him a fastball, like right on the corner. Then Stanton just whiffed at it. Like, yeah, it, like he had stuff last night. Like he looked great. He threw us like, actually, now that might have been the Met game that I was thinking about that Snyder, but I, but no, he, I mean, he was just like he just looked great last night, and it's a good sign for Astros fans because it's like you know you you have like Verlander getting hurt all the time, like he's an amazing pitcher, but it's like you can't rely on him to be like same thing with the Mets and Degrom, you mm-hmm. can't really expect that that guy's gonna throw like you know thirty games a season or something like that because he he might he might be hurt for half of them, you know. So, but you know, obviously having Verlander down the line in the playoffs is like amazing. Uh, most likely will be there by around that time, even if he gets a little setback now. But um, I mean, showing that these young guys can like pitch like this, you know, is amazing. Like, you know, Garcia is next. Got to get him back on track. And we yeah. talk about it all the time. That That's a, it's one of the few pitching factories that exists in major league baseball. You have the Dodgers, the Astros, the Brewers for to a certain extent. Uh, you can now include the Yankees and the guardians, the Rays. So now we're up to maybe six teams I might've mentioned right now. Um, but look at the Javier, uh, 13 strikeouts against one walk, seven strong innings, no runs given up. Uh, he got a game score of 92, which is, uh, that has to be a high for him. It is a high for him. 92, uh, game score. Ver- hmm, wonder what that stands for version two. Cause I think baseball reference has one, has their own game score maybe. And maybe this is fan version, but uh, either way, dominant performance, no hits, uh, a collective no hitter for the Astros yesterday. Because if, if you can't get to their starting pitchers, their bullpen is just as freaking good as well. Uh, with Ryan Pressey at the top of the, uh, the closers role, uh, Rafael Montero, Ryan Stanek, Hector Neris. I mean, this is a – the Astros know what they're doing, man. I mean, you can say what they what you want about what they did in the past, but they you cannot take away their uh, developmental program that they got over there. It's, it's amazing. They, they bring in everybody's trash, and they turn them into gold. So yeah. – I mean, and they're that, like the, the rays of the West. Well, Texas is central standard time, but they are the AL West. You're right. It's a geography thing with me. Sorry. It's a geography <laughs> thing. With me. You know what? They, they touched the Gulf, the Gulf of Mexico. So we'll give them that. The, the Gulf of Mexico. It must be the water in the Gulf of Mexico. Right. All I don't right. Mean west isn't like the coast. I just mean like I'm the East. So it's just like, that's West of me. So it's like, so what, what is West to you? Is it everything, uh, everything outside of, uh, everything West of Ohio geography, I'll say like West central, like East, but I'm saying like, for me as like someone on the East coast, like the Astros are West of me. So it's like, uh, literally it's Western, Western United States, whatever central. Okay. You gotcha. Cause I, I know that if, if it's so some people, if it's West of the Mississippi river, that's West, but I don't know as you, as a, as a New Yorker up in Brooklyn, I would imagine what, what would be West to you? Would it be Detroit? Is anything West of Detroit is West coast to you, Ohio? Detroit's not even that far, like geographically, ge- geographically for me. Right. That's more definitely central, but yeah, no, it's, I'm just, 
I don't even know, man. <laughs> I don't really look at geography. <laughs> no, I'm a big geography person, so I am, I'm always I'm always curious about that. Uh, the next guy up for the Yan- uh, the Yankees who they're going to face in terms of uh, facing the Astros. Yeah, this was supposed to be a New York centric uh, podcast, and we're listening. We're just mar- uh, in awe of what the Astros have done in the last couple of days. But Jose Urquidy is the next guy up. Yep, and uh, he's probably the easiest quote unquote easiest guy that the Yankees will probably face all weekend long. And uh, he, he, he's also been a promising pitcher for them, but he is not as dominant as a Luis Garcia or even a Fran Vero Valdez or a Christian Javier. Or, so he's probably the weakest link of this group, but still, I mean, you don't want to sleep on him either. So, uh, but let's, let's take a look at the Yankees. I mean, we saw the lineup for the Astros. Now here's the Yankees lineup and uh, you can see, LeMahieu at the top with Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, you guys should know who it is, what it is over here. Jonathan Donaldson, Cleaver Torres, Aaron Hicks. It's a, it's a hell of a lineup, man. You, I, and I can see why people would say the Yankees lineup is a little bit better than the Astros. It's a differently built lineup. It's a modified lineup. You, you'll get the updates from Vince on a daily basis that this is probably his favorite uh, Yankees lineup in a very long time, especially compared to like the last two or three years where everybody was just trying to hit home runs and not much of else. So this is a more well-balanced, well-varied lineup. I'm pretty sure you see it the same way, correct? Yeah, no, I, I only have a few uh, little tiny snippets on how I feel about mm-hmm. the lineup and how it should be moved around a little bit, but I understand why they keep it this way. I mean, do you want me to go? Yeah, yeah go ahead, man. Go ahead. So I mean, my, this is coming, this is not coming from like a Mets fan bias. Like, so please take it you know, as you will. Um, the way I feel about their lineup is judge and stand have just been amazing, obviously. Right. You know, but I mean, just judge in general, you know, didn't get the extension. Now he's like, kind of just like proved himself on like a really big stage right now. The way right. he's playing. I just feel like these guys, they have guys in their lineup that are like, I'm going to compare this to the Mets a little bit. Right. So if the, if the judge, if judge or Stanton or both were on the Mets, right. Wouldn't you want like Nemo batting in front of them? Like, Cano batting in front of them guys that are getting on at a 350 to 400 clip or something it's like because think about like it, it's it's amazing to me that like judge has as many like home runs as he does mm-hmm. but i think if you look at his rbis i'm pretty sure alonzo has more right i don't know if you could pull that up real quick i don't see uh yeah yeah hold on a minute i just uh i made it really big so everybody else can see now i i feel like i can't see all the stats so you want to see the rbi leaders is what i'm hearing uh, yeah, well, just judges RBIs in general because I know. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. Judge has. Oh, it's not here. I thought it would be here. Yeah, All right, I can get to his page. Don't worry about it. So let's go take a look at Aaron Judge really quick. I mean, we know who Aaron Judge is. He's a premier outfielder. He's 30 years old, but he's, you know what? He's uh, in a good position uh, to age somewhat gracefully. He has a good batting eye, and right now he has 53 RBI for the season. That's that's less RBIs than Francisco Lindor. Yeah. And Alonzo has about eight, 16 more than that. And that this is what my point is that like judge has literally 27, you know, the league MLB leading home runs, right. This guy's mashing the ball, but it's like, he's doing it in places where there's really not people on base. And I get the point of like, you know, he's your guy, like, like the, the lineup's working, right. They're hitting really well. They're doing a mate uh, you know, Sands last night, but like if they just got like one guy that they put in ahead of him there, like that could just get on base like extremely reliably. Like they could have scored so many more runs than they already are, which is amazing to think about. That like they could score even more runs than they are right now. Yeah. Well, counterpoint to all that, Darren Judge, your best hitter, he leads the team with 307 plate appearances. So 
the more spins at the wheel he gets, the better it is for the for the Yankees. And although it doesn't show up in the RBI, it definitely shows up in other yeah. places. I mean, they're not they're they're scoring more runs with him only driving in DJ LeMahieu, and then maybe I don't know Hicks or Kiner Falefa or Jose Trevino yeah. on the turn, maybe. Yeah. They're going for the, the second time at the at bat, which is like kind of which, which is pretty obvious. But looking at this, they have their believe it or not, Aaron Hicks has actually been getting on base like a decent clip this year. I'm pretty sure. Three forty five, yeah, yeah, and like so, like it's obvious that they're like relying on some of these guys at the bottom of the order to like get on, and then the second turn to the order, Judge will just like knock them in. But I I understand, like I see what they're going for. Not everybody has to have a lineup like the Mets do right now, where it's just like get on base, get on base. Okay, two guys that might just hit a home run or might mm-hmm. mash a ball to the wall or hit a sack fly. You know, like. Yeah. Not every team has to be like that. We play more small ball. The Yankees are playing a different kind of baseball right now. I was just saying that I felt like personally that maybe if they just like keep you could keep Judge like two or three, right? He'll still get a lot of the plate appearances, but he might, you know, score a little bit more for them. And, you know, in nights like maybe, you know, where they're closer games, which hasn't really happened a lot because the Yankees are just destroying everyone they win against. But yeah. <laughs> That's something that I would say that if the Yankees start to struggle a little bit, that's a change I, I think I would like to see from them. And I think that would make a big difference for them in the long run. But, you know, we'll see what, how things go near the deadline. Maybe they get a guy that gets on base at a 400 clip or something like that, you know, just walks well, a ton. They tried last time. I think they tried doing that with Joey Gallo and and, uh, <laughs> and, and Anthony Rizzo, and it didn't work out too well for them. So, yeah. uh, but, hey, I mean, it is the Yankees. That is what they do. They they That's why you, you can't count them out. They're constantly tweaking their lineup now. Is this true? Last night, Aaron Judge was batting leadoff, or is this box score all? Uh, he actually bats lead up a lot. I know, a yeah, that's that trying to make so it's possible. Yeah. Wow, all right. Well, I mean, like again, you just, they want to use him. This doesn't look right because now they got DJ LeMahieu batting at the bottom of the order. Oh, he pinched it last night. That's why. Okay, so I mean, that's it's all it's this new. Uh, Oh God, I'm going to get a lot. You're going to hear it from people. Oh, the analytics bullshit. But they, I mean, the Cubs did it with Anthony Rizzo too, where he was their best hitter and their best uh, guy with the best plate approach and the highest on base percentage. If the name of the game is to get on base, then yeah, you want your best players and your best hitters to hit at the, at the top of the order. If not uh, at the very leadoff uh, spot as well yeah. to uh, just get the ball rolling um, and get, and get him more turns uh, per, at that, uh, per turn on the order as yeah. well so and you know the results were bad last night but i'm pretty sure that they've been pretty darn good for most of the season let me see here uh, i think they're the only team who has uh uh where the hell is it who have who have uh, averaged more than five runs per game and let's see yep five runs right here yeah, oh wait the dodgers have more okay never mind but still i mean in the americans also are very up there too they're like four point they're like five, uh, four yeah point one something yeah yeah pretty darn close and the Giants too. Also, oh, the Giants, even with their big ballpark, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah, so I yeah, hate the Giants. So. Oh yeah, how 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 did the Giants do this uh, against the Mets recently? Well, we won this the season series against them, but their fans are unbearable. And every single time I go to, I got I got I got some one of their Giants fans call, called me the a homophobic slur at the game because they were like screaming for Jock Peterson all game in left field, and I told them to shut up. A whole section got them kicked out. They were throwing drinks and, and pe- peanuts and bananas oh at them and stuff. And that was a game and a half. But that was the doubleheader that we won with the Lind- Lindor walk-off and the Scherzer's first game at home. But, man, that game, I just – I despise the Giants, mostly because of the games that, like, when I go to City Field, watch a Mets-Giants game, there's always those fake-ass Giants fans that show up and pretend like, oh, yeah, I'm a Giants fan because I used to be in New York. 
you're like 25 that happened like when you were like not even a, like when your parents weren't even born yet like you know what I mean like it's like why are you a Giants fan <laughs> <laughs> well I well my granddad used to watch them at the polo grounds yeah but like but I'm saying like you didn't though you know what well, I you mean? know it, it, well he was there genetically speaking that's what it yeah. was so yeah. uh so yeah judge did bat lead off he struck out twice I mean Javier's just it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and when he, when he's on, he's on and he's unstoppable. I mean, we talk about him all, almost all the time on this podcast, but yeah. uh, Rizzo Donaldson and Stanton were the top four and Oh my God, they, they all struck out. Oh, six, nine times, four guys struck out nine times collectively. And those are your top four hitters right there who could not figure out Christian Javier yesterday. Yeah. So. That's uh, you know, crazy. Cool and they just weren't there for the breaking ball last night. They just weren't weren't ready for it like the way i saw like some of these guys swinging at like that the slider and the change up and stuff last night and it's like they're they're just not ready like i i wonder like i mean i don't have like the same i don't know what website like those <laughs> twitter accounts use when they look at whiffs and all that kind of stuff but yeah like I, like that's he, he was getting whiffs all over the board last night on on those pitches they just were not ready i mean listen everybody's due for you know a, a crap fest every now and then so Last night was the Yankees crap fest. You wake up, you go back tomorrow. Like that's, you know, got to move on. Yeah. And I'm doing a little bit of gloating here, not gloating. Uh, I'm being accused of gloating. I'm just, I, I, I was curious to see if anybody in, cause Javier, I, I picked them up in one of my, um, I tried picking them up everywhere, but you know, I guess Javier has been hyped up so much that people were willing to wait for him. And I did pick him up early in the season in, in my points league, but my pitching staff was so decimated with injuries. I couldn't wait for the Astros to figure out if he should be starting or bullpenning or whatever. So I dropped him. He got picked up by uh, actually a guy from, uh, from uh, South Jersey in our league. So I, I couldn't help but be curious. Was Javier started this week? I'm pretty sure he wasn't because it's the Yankees, but just out of curiosity. And he ends up scoring 36 big freaking points in our league. Oh, wow. And sure enough, uh, our guy, my guy Primo, he benched them. So I'm like, I just made, I just made a simple observation. Oh, and he benched them. Oh, and I, and you know, nothing. I don't think it was anything too big. I don't think I was gloating. I was just, I was just kind of making an observation. I, okay, I did add LOL at the end. So oh my god, it's me. I'm gloating. Yeah. So now, now Primo's calling me out. Like, yeah, why are you even talking? Your team's top 500, even though I scored the fourth highest amount of points in this league. But okay. Oh well, then. <laughs> that's some powerful stuff right there you could most likely qualify as a cvs expert with these kind of witty remarks <laughs> like why why a stuff oh then he yeah he posted it twice because uh oh he tried to delete it okay oh man you could be yeah so i'm like hey man i'm just making a simple observation and then of course my my guy stephen carey so who who's facing him this week goes whoo thanks for benching him bud I could, uh, yeah, because it would have been over. That, that's 36 big points right there. Yeah, that's a big deal. I don't know if, how many people in, in, watching this podcast play points leagues, but 36 is uh, quite yeah, you, the... You get 36 points if you're lucky from uh, from your uh, in a week from one of your starters uh, or, or even hitters. 36 points is a lot, but you get it in one game. I mean, it's just, it's just brutal. It's brutal if you're the opposing team. So it's a still, it's a close one. It's a tight one. I'm just, Primo, if you're listening, I'm just making a simple observation. That's all it is. I'm not gloating. I was just kind of curious to see what whatever happened to Christian Javier after he left my team, and that's what happened. So whatever. Uh, and of course, you all know the Yankees pitching. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not the most uh, dominant of Yankee pitching history here. I mean, everybody knows who Garrett Cole is, but Nestor Cortez, Jordan Montgomery, Jamison Tyone, Luis Severino. It's a hell of a ragtag team of uh, starters, but they're getting the job done. And of course, we all know their bullpen. 
uh, which is always the goods. And that's without a role this Chapman. And I'm kind of speeding here because uh, I want to get to the Mets stuff, uh, which is uh, uh, the reason why you're here. So let's go to the uh, National League now. And uh, the Mets, even though they're in first place, they only have a 12.4 uh, uh, likelihood of winning the World Series, according to fan graphs, because at 13% are the Atlanta Braves. How do you like them apples there, James? Huh? I, mean, I Honestly, I'm going to be very honest with you. I completely understand why. Yeah. I mean, listen, like the, the Mets, the way that they're playing the game right now, like this like super small ball, it's great, right? But the problem is we've seen this already. It like, we, you know, when we went through the, to the West Coast series against the Dodgers, we played more against the Giants. We just got two games swept by the Astros. It's like better teams don't really lose to that kind of game, mm-hmm. right? So what's going to happen is, you know, it's – you know, starting to be July now. Next weekend is going to be July first. I don't know if you guys realize that means thirty days to the to the deadline. So, you know, the Mets are going to start having to evaluate internal struggles, uh, try to figure out like what their issues are. But we need, uh, in my opinion, good DH. Some guy that's going to scare the shit out of the pitchers coming off the bat. You know, can't just be Alonso and 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 uh, Lindor that scare pitchers. You know, it's got to need one one more really solid guy. Don't know who that'll be yet. You know, we'll see some of the names. Because, you know, one thing people don't really realize is with the expanded playoffs, that also means an expanded amount of teams that think that they're still in it and they're not going to really want to trade guys like that anymore. So, you know, how many teams can you really get people from? The Orioles, Diamondbacks, the the, the Royals, you know, like there's not really a lot of teams left. And then who do those guys even have that you would want, you know, Nationals? So, you know, we're going to have to evaluate that. But honestly, DH – uh, a level lefty reliever, and then just you know another good like righty reliever that we could just throw out there is not is it named Drew Smith or Seth Lugo on our team, um, and I think we're you know that that playoff chance will I mean that World Series chance will jump up a little bit, but right now I, I as a Met fan I'm willing to like admit that our team is not built for a World Series right now. We have great talent on our team, but you know w- you know we split in on on the West we split with the Dodgers. Uh, we, you know, we beat the Giants in the season series, but, you know, not super convincingly. And then the Astros just wiped the floor with us the other day. So we'll have to see how we played against them this week. We first game on Tuesday. I'm actually going to be going to the game with Sean. Oh, <laughs> Alabama. Okay. Sean. Uh, so, you know, we're a little, you know, we'll have to see how that series goes. But the, the Mets have a very strong foundation right now, and that's what's winning them games. But they really need to add a couple of key pieces if they really want that number to go up. But the Braves, man, like – I can admit as a Met fan that those Braves are scary. I, yeah. I'm scared. We haven't really played them that much this year. We played them like <laughs> once at the beginning of the season. And like Acuna's back now. I really wish we played a lot of games against them at the beginning, like we did with the Phillies and stuff before Acuna comes back. But I mean, Albies now is out, you know, broke his foot in a swing somehow. Very heartbreaking. That definitely hurts to see. But I mean, Acuna is definitely scary. They have, you know, uh, scary outfield Duval. and not just that but the braves will just go ahead and they're they're finding replacements everywhere now i mean we, we talked about well let's talk about the mets first i want to i want to have a certain order here but here's the mets lineup right now uh nemo uh still doesn't give you any counting stats but he does bring the solid uh slash line this triple slash line that's that's his game that's always been nemo and uh he is perfect on top uh, for that top of the order there for this mets team and then starling Marte, who even at 30 well, he's about to be 34 soon, it looks like. Um, he could still be an, ele- an, an electrifying hitter. I don't know if I would bat him second. I don't even know where I would bat him uh, I at, at, either. I, at the top of the order. I think it should be Nimmo Canna every day. 
Yeah, three. yeah, that makes more sense, Canna. Although Canna, well, I guess if you're betting a guy second, doesn't matter if he's slugging the ball or not. But at any rate, I mean, I, I, I what's that? I'm sorry. I look at the on base percentage. He gets on base more than Nemo does. Yeah, and he, yeah. He he averages like a five point four or something like that pitches per at bat. Like mm-hmm. if you have that guy mm-hmm. getting up to bat, like, you know, four or five times a game, like how, how long is that starter really going to stay in? If you have Nemo Cano back to back, it's crazy. Like, you know, Marte, I, I get why they have Marte second, you know, Nemo's really the guy that's getting on base. And like, if Marte like gets a little like bloop single and gets on first, like you could just score from first uh, on like a night, you know, a deep ball from Lindor or Alonzo or something, you know, it's like, those like they, they you when you watch the games every day like it's hard to see from like a counting stats perspective or just looking at the stat line but like Marte being second and like having that speed the amount of runs that are scored between him and Nemo are like I, I remember some crazy stat a while back I wish I took a picture of it it was like something like 35 percent or something like that of like the runs scored in the Mets are like either Nemo or Marte or something like that or some crazy number like it's just they're always scoring and it's like right. they're like half to, they're like almost half the Mets run production like alone like <laughs> it's it's crazy but I, I personally with the way the Mets are playing I think if Canna got moved up to number two you know it's still the lefty righty switch righty you know left like it it would be crazy for the Mets super slow so yeah but, you know, uh, I mean, you can even make a case that maybe Lindor should be the one batting uh, yeah. second or get uh, get an exciting bat. Because Kenna is a solid, skillsy guy. But, um, you know, maybe they're trying to do some versatility here by having Nemo and then maybe one of these two guys who are kind of electrifying. Although I would bat Lindor second, but that's just me. Uh, I always go for the younger guy rather than the old guy. And then Alonzo batting cleanup, which... I mean, that he's a traditional cleanup hitter there. So McNeil having a pretty darn good year so far this year. Again, the county stats don't show it, but triple slash and it's just off the world right now, man. Yeah. Uh, and that's I know that's a guy that Sean absolutely loves. And then Eduardo Escobar, that was a big controversial pick for you in the Baseball Life League. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you're paying attention, but he's not on my team anymore. Yeah, you just traded him away, didn't you? Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> yeah, but we'll get to it in just a bit. And then Luis Guillorme, yeah. uh, who... Uh, it looks like he's in a platoon with JD Davis. So, um, no, yeah. it's a hell of a lineup. I loved it. I, 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 you know, I've always liked the Mets, how they were built in years past. And it just kind of was a head scratcher to me as to why they haven't found more success. And I, and I guess the injuries pile up and that takes effect. And, and I, I've never been a big believer of the Braves, but I'm a believer now. I mean, you win the World Series and now you're, you go on a 14 game winning streak at one point and now you're knocking on the door for the Mets and you have a better percentage of winning the World Series, according to Fangraphs and the guy, than the team that's leading the division. So that's the way uh, it, it uh, most of us in, uh, in the, uh, you know, the Vince Mercandetti's, uh, Henry Maldonado's, uh, Sean's, and Austin, that's how we had it. Most of us had the Braves ahead of the Mets, although I think Sean might have picked the Mets because he's a Mets fan. But uh, no, <laughs> but no, I mean, we, I, we, I mean, Dominic Smith's on your bench and, and I know he's not doing very well, but I always feel bad for Tom Smith because I always feel like if you were on a team that just would give him regular playing time, he would flourish like he did in 2020. Yeah. But uh, it, it, even with the DH, he's not playing a lot, which is really surprising me. I mean, but, he was at the beginning, though. He had like he was playing like at, at least two out of every three games when the like, during like the beginning of the season, and yeah. he just didn't do anything. So it's That's like I get it. Like if he had he was on another team, you know, maybe he had different people around him, or just like was able to play first base every day because that's another thing you got to think about. He's playing left, he's playing DH. Like yeah, you know, 
but why, like, you know, I, I hate fans who were, you know, Met fans, a lot of Mets fans are like, oh, we just got to let Dom play. Where? Like, who are you going to sit for Dom Smith? Make, it's a very big team. You can't do it. Like, league. you got, like, three guys that are bat, like that are playing, like, like, silver slugger level baseball right now at their positions. Like, where, where do you want him to play? Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. Okay. He just doesn't have room. It's like, you just got to, like, and I don't even know if teams are going to want him at this point. He hasn't homered since, like, July of last year. Yeah. Like, and he's not young out. anymore. So he's already 27 yeah. years old. So he's not even a, I mean, you could make a case that he's a, maybe a late blooming prospect who showed what he could do in 2020. But as we saw in 2020, the balls were a little bit different back then. So it's a lot of question marks for Dom Smith, unfortunately. I mean, it, I just, I don't know. I always liked them. I just yeah. always felt like if with more playing time with another team, he would have flourished already. But with the mess, yeah. he's just a, a bench piece because the team's always been pretty deep. It's just, lack of performance and injuries to certain players have really derailed their success. Cause the numbers shows numbers show every year. The Mets should be better than what they are. Mets should be making the playoffs every year. And instead they just see everybody else make the playoffs. They see every, every team in their division win the world series, the nationals, the Braves, the Marlins already twice in the last 20 years or so 30 years now. Yeah. So anyway, who's who, who am I? I'm missing a team here. Who's the other guy, the other team, the, Oh, the Philly. Oh, the Phillies also won. Uh, in 2008, I believe, right? Uh, they won, uh, Didn't they win in 2012? No, 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 no. The Phillies never won again, man. They won it one time. I think it was 2008 that they won it, and then they lost to the Yankees in 2009. Yeah. And it was all downhill from there. And that team was crazy, too. I remember yeah. that. So, yeah. Before Chase Utley broke Ruben Tejada's legs, I used to be a huge Chase Utley fan. Yeah. For a long time, <laughs> even as a Met fan. I still, like, I still love Chase Utley. Not, for, not because he broke Ruben Tejada's uh, leg, but... <laughs> But no, I, I don't like that either. But anyway, here's your pitching rotation. Uh, you're missing a lot of big names, but they're holding steady, man. They're holding steady. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you look at how the Mets have been playing this year without Jacob deGrom for all of it, and then without Scherzer for about, like, I don't know, like two months now. I mean, he, he so uh, insider Mets information, Scherzer was going to start today against mm -hmm. uh, the Marlins, but they wound up making him go one more turn in uh, rehab against the uh, you know in the triple a or double double a i'm not sure where right now whoever's home um, right but then he's going to make his next turn in the rotation like in the majors so we'll have him in like five days from today which is great um you know mcgill went down again but you know to be fair where's mcgill even going to be when degrom and scherzer both come back uh like you know peterson already was like not really going to have room but Unless any of these guys go down to injury that are like on this list right now, uh, McGill doesn't really have anywhere to go. I mean, unless they do like a, you know, DeGrom goes five innings, McGill comes in for three or something like that. I don't know right. what, what the Mets will do. They, they've shown to be like a very modern team with the way, which is very surprising to me, like how Buck has like handled the team. It looks very modern. You know, they piggybacked uh, Peterson and McGill like one time. You know, they brought Diaz in in the eighth, like two days while we were on that West Coast trip. Like, I don't know. It, I, I like the way they're playing, and it's possible they could go for something like that. But I doubt we're going to do a six-man rotation while we have a man named Mad Max on the team. So, <laughs> and then, yeah, you, you don't want that. I mean, it yeah. makes sense for like a team like the Astros or even the Brewers to do it because uh, of uh, reasons. I mean, we talk about the Astros. Yeah, they have a really good starting pitching, but they also have uh, Justin Verlander who needs a little bit more time and stretching stretching out coming back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, but yeah, Max Scherzer. Yeah. He, he's always ready to go. Uh, the other thing, you know, before I forget, maybe it's time to add the Mets as that other pitching factory here in major league baseball, as it seems like 
I mean, look at guys, these guys that you see here. I mean, maybe not so much Chris Bassett, but at, at the very least, Carlos Carrasco and Taiwan Walker. Uh, not going to call them reclamation projects, but they definitely uh, have some sort of resurgence to their career since joining the Mets. Um, I, I want to tweak that word a little bit. It's a it's a Hefner uh, factory here because <laughs> our, our pitching development is really not that great. I'm going to be very honest with you. Like these, like when they get to the majors and they could work with Hefner, then things change. But like, interesting. I, I don't like our development as a whole, like from the bottom, I don't really think it's uh, up there. And, the, you know, Sean can probably disagree with me there, but he probably will. Yeah. But I, I honestly, once they get to the majors and Hefner works with them, the Hefner slider, you know, Ty, yeah. if you look at Taiwan Walker's like, you know, his whiffs on his pitches and just like how like his uh, um, pitch percentage now, like he's throwing a slider way more. He's barely throwing the fastball anymore. And it's like, even Carrasco's slider has been disgusting this year. And it's like, you know, you wonder why these guys are pitching better. But you look, you look at last year and this year, like the kind of pit, the, the pitch uh, makeup that they're throwing and like the percentages, they're throwing way more sliders and they're all disgusting because Hefner has o- always preaches the slider, teaches yeah. it well. Guys like Colin Holderman, like who even knew who the fuck Colin Holderman was before he came to the majors? <laughs> Nobody. And you know he's he was up here and he did amazing and he had great stuff and it's because he's working with Hefner. So it's like yes, yeah, so like we will bring guys to the majors and they get to work with Hefner for a little bit and then things happen. But you know that's why I'm really down for the Mets trading for someone like possibly Castillo, but I, I doubt that'll happen. You know it's too much that we'd have to lose for that. But I, I could see Tyler Molly coming here and who knows? Mm. You know working with Hefner for a little bit, maybe he'll get some like, you know, past success back. But, yeah. Yeah. Get more consistent. Yeah. The, the Mets are definitely up there in terms of like pitching, like, you know, people going there and like, I think they're more like the race, if that makes sense, they show up in the majors and then they get to work with the, the major league development team. And then they turn into something that they weren't before, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that, that would, I, is what I would say more, but once they're, when you're in the minors there, like we don't really develop players like pitchers that well anymore in the minors. All right, that's that's a fair assessment. And like I said, I, I maybe it's because uh, I get the Mets bias from uh, Sean, so I always feel like, oh well, the Mets they'll they'll take care of it. But yeah, this is Sean's guy, Thomas uh, Zabuki, who he mentioned uh, a couple uh, actually last month to be exact. Uh, last month he mentioned him as a under the radar um, uh, minor league pitcher that we should be paying attention to. Yeah. Um, and of course he gets called up, and I believe he had a horrible time in his uh, one start. Is that yeah, well, if you think yeah. about it, he was playing the Giants, the biggest platoon of the entire major leagues. They were they crush lefties there. Yeah. Just a, a lefty not throwing not great stuff, and he just got shelled. You know, what do you expect? That's a hard game to pitch for your first, you know, one of your first games this season. Uh, he yeah. came up last year for little points and didn't really do well either. So I don't know. He, he definitely still has potential, but he's not the guy we thought he was three years ago. So yeah, that was uh, the assessment that well, it wasn't the exact assessment, but Sean was pretty much saying, you know, maybe maybe he figured things out. Maybe he's uh, finally coming into his own. Maybe he's just late blooming. So keep an eye on him. And we, yeah, we, I kept an eye on him and I didn't like what the results were, but we'll see what happens. As uh, as you can see, he is uh, someone that he has on the 40-man roster. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a second or third chance later this year. Let's quickly look at the Braves and then we can move on to your team. Um, <clears throat> it's a, a, you know... They were just waiting on Ronald Acuna to get back, and he ended up proving to be a big difference uh, on that lineup. As I, I just, it just seems like since he's been back, uh, that the Braves have just been firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Uh, Dansby Swanson is having a career year, and, uh, and he's in a contract year. 
as well. So obviously he's uh, he's extra motivated for this season. Austin Riley has become a, a relevation for them at their at the uh, as a power uh, infielder along with Matt Olson, who uh, kind of he's he's not making people forget Freddie Freeman anytime soon. But I don't know. I would I I honestly have not seen the numbers to see if uh, if Freddie Free who's having a better season, whether it's Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson, but. Um, but uh, it is what it is. I mean, Matt Olson is going to be with this team for a while. That's the bet that they decided to make for themselves. So they're going to roll with it. Travis Darno, who's, uh, I guess he's finally healthy. And Marcel Azuna still not hitting up to potential, but, you know, he's in the lineup. So I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of question marks here and that maybe the Mets lineup is a tad better. But they did bring up Michael Harris, who that is the big reason why the Braves were more than happy to get rid of Christian Pache because they had a, a, a lighter version of him, a, a fat-free version of, of Christian Pache in double-A. And they said, you know what, kid, let's go. Double-A, straight to the majors. And yeah. he's also been an igniter for that team as well. And, and that means the, oh, Adam Duvall no longer has to play the center field. He could go to left field now. Yep, there he is, left field. And uh, it, it's, um, yeah, it's it's really been the big difference there. And then of course the emergence of rookie, well, no, nah, he's not a rookie, sorry, uh, of backup catcher, William Contreras. And uh, yeah, well, the rest are the rest, whatever. I mean, there's some Yankee reference with Mike Ford here, right? He used to be a Yankee, Mike Ford, right? And we have like uh, multiple Mets as well. I think. Yeah. Darno is one. And who, who would else, who else would Actually, be? I think it's just Darno. Yeah. I, I was talking about how I hated Swanson before, but that has nothing to do with the Mets. I just don't like you know, <laughs> from a fantasy standpoint. Also, he's always been, I don't know. He's a, he's a good fantasy player, but he's just a guard. I don't trust him. I don't try. I don't, I don't think this is real. This is all fake right here. Yeah, he always gets good counting stats in like category mm-hmm. leagues and stuff though, because like he's always, he bats in front of Acuna, Riley, like you know, was Freeman in the past. Like, He's going to score a lot. He's going to get a lot of like inflated numbers, but right. oh, I've never been a Swanson guy, but I mean, he's doing really well this year. So I actually had a trade proposed to me earlier in the year, uh, not necessarily not in our league, but a different league for was Swanson for McNeil straight up in a categories league. And I was Ooh. like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, like if I had taken it, I still probably might've been happy, even though McNeil's having the year that he has right now. Like it's, you know, he's, he's having a great year. I just don't really like him. I don't know. I don't trust him at all. But oh. one thing I, to note about this lineup, though, is this their like everyday kind of lineup? Because they that's no, like- I, I don't think it's their everyday lineup. I think it's just a general uh, lineup. As I don't, I don't know how roster resource uh, computes it, but I, I want to. I mean, we could take a look. Let's see here. La- the last last six lineups. So it's usually Acuna batting leadoff, and then Swanson. I mean, you can see that right here batting second always and then there's like a mix of matt olsen and austin riley kind of flipping back and forth for those three four spots uh darno will be batting fifth unless he bats second against a lefty probably but yeah darno is their fifth hitting uh their fifth hitter which is weird to me and then ozuna is a dh now because he can't be trusted in the outfield he usually bats below i don't know anywhere between fifth and sixth, sometimes third against lefties i guess uh orlando arcia who's replacing um Ozzy Albies, he'll be batting in the bottom of the order. Same thing with Adam Duvall, who's the their big, hefty power hitting. Yeah. And, of course, I don't like this. Michael Harris batting at the bottom of the order, but I understand why he has to bat in the bottom of the order. I still don't like it. I think uh, he's uh, too much of an exciting player to be batting behind. But, hey, you know, it, it, it's been working for them. So uh, who am I to know? And then, of course, the bench pieces. I mean, Contreras will also – I guess he'll also be, bat, uh, be out there. 
uh, against left-handed hitter uh, pitchers, I should say. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like the Mets have a deeper bench uh, in their offense as well. So, but it's uh, they're firing on all cylinders at the moment. The Braves are so yeah, it's working. And then there's their uh, rotation here very quickly, so we can move on here. We all know who these guys are. The one guy you you uh, most people won't know about is Spencer Strider, who did start out of the bullpen. But I remember in the offseason, I told Austin and Sean, hey. Uh, I feel like Spencer Strider, and maybe Sean mentioned this, I don't remember, but I know that when I looked at the projections, I go, hey, maybe the Spencer Strider could be someone that we could target very, very, very late in the drafts, depending on what the Braves end up doing. Now, he started out out of the bullpen, so if you're in a holes league, maybe you might have considered him, but I just always kept in mind, like, hey, this Spencer Strider guy might be something. And uh, sure enough, he did become something, and because of uh, the little extra research I did in the offseason, I was able to pick him up in two out of my three leagues. So... <clears throat> excuse me so that's the guy you should now the thing with strider is though he's a two-pitch pitcher you of all people should know how susceptible they are to just being so limited to their because of their stuff because of their other uh number of pitches uh fastball slider combination that he that he owns over there um i don't know i mean can the braves continue to survive on a two-pitch pitcher uh being um in the rotation i mean if he's as long as he's not, you know, like the guy, I feel like it's not that bad. You know, I mean, you see, like, you know, people like Joey Lucchese also like being like a two pitch pitcher. Um, you know, obviously he's hurt for a really long time now, but mm-hmm. I mean, as long as he's like not the the guy you're looking at, like as being like he needs to be like one of our top three, like you know, I think it's okay. You just those two pitches need to be very well, be very good, and they need yeah. to be well and. Cause it's just like, well, he's either throwing me a fastball or he's throwing me, you know, a slurve right now. So it's like, what am I hitting? You know, what am I looking for? And it's like, you know, but then there's also people like Chris Bassett that throw six pitches and they still get pieced up every now and then, you know? So it's like, (laughs) is it really like the amount of pitches you have doesn't really matter. It's just how well you execute those pitches. So I guess it's really a testament. We'll have to see how he does it. And, you know, over time, but I think for the Braves, like it matters a little bit more. Because if you look at their rotation, you know, they have Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright, Ian Anderson. I mean, Morton's been good his last two starts. But, I mean, he's either going to go out there and, you know, give up six runs but strike out, like, ten people. and Or he's going to go out there and give up zero runs and strike out ten people or something like that, you know. So, it's like, yeah. can you really have a guy who, you know, basically there's a lot more pressure on Strider in this rotation to, like, be solid. So, yeah, you know, he's got to execute those pitches really well if he's going to strive on a team like that. And then the emergence of Kyle Wright as well, who became a, a kind of a prospect afterthought for the Braves. And now he's solidified himself in that five-man rotation. And, of course, we all know who Ian Anderson is. Yep. They bring in Kenley Jansen, now free agency. Agent Mentor's having a good season as well. I think he also leads the league in holds, if I remember correctly. Uh, he's, like, right there. I think he's okay. below Devin Williams now. But he's, ah, like, yes. he's, okay. he's right up there. Will Smith, not slapping people around. He's still uh, bonafide. I think he's in a right role now as a, as a late inning guy, as opposed to just the main closer. I think this is a role that he can thrive, especially against left-handed hitters uh, and, and, and teams who have left-handed heavy lineups. Colin McHugh always brings the goods and he looks like he's finally healthy. Uh, and then we all know who Darren O'Day is. God, Jesus. They, they're depending on two 40, nearly 40 year old pitchers to uh, get them on a day-to-day basis. It seems like, but um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a, that's i I'm not going to doubt anything that the Braves do. I mean, that's, Seems to be a team that knows what the hell they're doing. Uh, and they're still waiting on Mike Soroka, who I don't, uh, you know what? I don't think he's coming back. I think he's done. Yeah. 
Even if and, he did come back, where is he going to go at this point? Right. And then this is all the guys that they have uh, that were injured. Um, so it's just a testament to how quickly they're very uh, good at replacing uh, their arms. You know, they, 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 there's a lot of injuries here to their bullpen. These are some big names that, that kind of helped it over the years. Maybe not so much Kirby Yates, but uh, Tyler Matzik was one of those guys. And so was Luke Jackson, who was there from the uh, very beginning of this little uh, contending window that they have. And Braves, they just go out and find other guys that can pick up the pace where those other guys leave off and, and you're seeing it. They're just what five games behind five games behind the Mets. Four and a half, I think, as, as of last night. Oh, okay. Oh, and five? Oh, okay. I, I'm seeing five here. I don't I know. Four and a half before the Braves game ended last night. That's yeah. And okay. they're one of the hottest teams in all of baseball right now. So, and that is the Mets, the Braves. That is the real baseball aspect of the thing. One more thing I wanted to mention. So, here's the 13% for the Braves, 12.4% for the Mets to win the World Series out of the National League. But the main team to take it all the teams you guys got got to go through the la dodgers yeah. uh even though they're struggling too and they are they're not uh, even a tougher division not to diss the nl east but when you guys got the giants the padres to kind of uh, fend off and then you never know what to expect out of the diamondbacks although it looks like their chances are kind of floundering over there they're at 0.1 percent to make the playoffs so uh yeah well Let's have some fun really quick. Let's look at these 0.1 percenters just for giggles. Diamondbacks, Cubs, and let's let's say the Marlins too. Why not make it even? No, that's too easy. Let's just, for giggles, humor me a little bit. Cubs or Diamondbacks, who is more likely to make the playoffs? Uh, Diamondbacks. Yeah, Diamondbacks. Okay, good. I'm, answer, I'm good. sorry, Felipe. I know you're a Cubs fan too. Oh, I don't care. This is a I, trash team, man. Yeah, I know. I, I know what's up. I know what's the, up. The, the difference there for me is that the Diamondbacks are 0.1 percent because they, they're playing a bunch of young guys that like just need to figure it out. The Cubs, they know what they have, and it's just you know it's not working. Oh, it's trash. <laughs> it's not even a young team. Like, oh, we're yeah. rebuilding. Like, uh, really? Where's our rebuilding pieces? Because all uh, I see are a bunch of at, like 30 years old and it's yeah. Like, like these guys better get traded all during the deadline. I mean, what's his face? Jed Hoyer and company better be just on those phones getting rid of this crap because we can't. No, you, you can't fool me. This is not a real rebuild. This is just the owner not wanting to spend any freaking money and and using the whole rebuilding uh, word just to kind of justify it. But where's the rebuild? And yeah. where's our Javier Biases of the world? Where's our Chris Bryant's? Where's our Anthony Rizzo's in the minor leagues? There, yeah. I mean, anyway, that's I'm a different honest, topic. You know, one of the trades I thought that I could see that happening for the Mets this year mm-hmm. was like, you know, one or two like mid level prospects or like a couple mid level prospects for like Patrick Wisdom. Like, I honestly, like, it, it would be really weird. But you already but, have JD Davis. <laughs> yeah, we have JD Davis hitting 114 miles an hour and not getting hits. Like, so, <laughs> like, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's they, they're because what's going to happen is the Mets are going to look for trades. They're going to look for like a big power bat, someone who's going to come up and be scary for pitchers. And they're going to like, they're going to call like, Hey, you guys got, what do you want for this? What do you want for this? And you know, people hate Cohen to begin with. And they always ask for fucking bullshit ass trades like Pete Crow Armstrong for Javier fucking Baez and Trevor Williams. But you know, they're always going to ask for BS trades and they're going to wind up missing out on every single top name player. And then they're going to have to settle for someone like Patrick Wisdom. So yeah, that's, that, that's what's going to happen. So I'm not getting my, my hopes up, but 
I'm just saying that was one of my like very low end on the what we might do in the, in the trade deadline. And then the last uh, batch here, uh, these are guys, these are teams that are less than 1% uh, of making the playoffs. So who do you like to make the playoffs here? Orioles, Tigers, or Royals? Well, just because of like who the Orioles have to play every day, I think they're <laughs> 0% chance. I would say either any of the Tigers or the Royals. I think I'm, one. I would lean a little bit more towards the Tigers. I think I'm a little bit higher on them with okay. how they built this year. But the Royals, you know how they are. They, there's, they spend zero money. Don't, like That's why I want to give that to the Tigers a little bit more because at least they're trying a little bit more than the, yeah. the Royals are in that aspect. So I'll say Tigers yeah. for that one. I, I think I would like the Royals here just for the simple fact that the Tigers, they brought up all their big-name prospects. And they haven't done anything. Yeah. I mean, there's always a, a second half surge. Maybe uh, around the second half, these young guys will, oh, I, we figured things out and it's clicking. And maybe Jaime Candelario can be the decent hitting third baseman I thought he could be. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Miguel Cabrera, you know, gets, you know, uh, motivated to be his old self again, at least for one more month and, you know, lead the, lead the charge into the playoffs. And against uh you know, Guardians team and White Sox team that are, that are also not really trying. They're just kind of playing down to their competition. And maybe the Twins are due for a swoon. So maybe, maybe the Royals can uh, uh, pick up the, uh, the pace. They, they, they're they slowly but surely building a pitching rotation that might be decent. They have some bullpen arms that might be decent. And, uh, yeah, why not? Why not the Royals if we are going to be uh, – looking for some Cinderella teams here this season. So there you go. All right. Now the real, the real draw in the next uh, 20 minutes or so that we have, we got to ask, you are the league leader. Uh, you're pacing us right now there, James, of the fan of the baseball life fantasy baseball league. Uh, I believe you're still in first place by what? Maybe four games. Uh, actually it's me and Jacob were tied as a <gasps> period. And it was me versus Jacob for the last period. And I walked away with the dub. So I'm in the sole leader of first place by about one game right now. Oh my God. I I believe you're on my tail by about two games. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got off to uh, a bad stretch there, but come on, you can't count me out, bro. You can never count count you out. I'm afraid. Damn right. You're not. I think you'll screw me over somehow. Do you know more? Well, you beat me. You beat me recently though. Very handily. I might say. So uh, you have the advantage there, but here are the standings. I, I mean, Sean already did this maybe a few weeks ago, but just an update because we do have James here. Uh, there it is. Uh, James' team up at top. This is Jacob's team who's been uh, having an amazing year so far this year. And there's my team who's just patchworking it on offense and pitching. There's uh, Mike Harvey. There's Henry who started from the bottom and now he's in fifth place. And of course, Leon, uh, we have a couple of guys, Leon and Jacob, uh, from the basketball podcast in the top six. And then, of course, there's Sean's loser ass team over there in seventh. At it's a 500. Really league has changed yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, something I've been trying to do more often is uh, do it by, uh, let me see if I could do it here. It usually gives me an option to do it by date. So I've been doing, I've been uh, kind of uh, narrowing, it, narrowing it down since Memorial Day weekend. So since May 30th till now, see what the standings are. And let's go back to regular season. Yeah, Andrew's team has been great recently too. Very under the radar. He went from about second place, a second mm-hmm. to last place, to like middle of the pack now, tied with a bunch of you guys in there. Well, this is what it looks like since Memorial Day. So uh, Mike Harvey has just been on a tear recently. 
And even though Henry is on a two-game losing streak, he's uh, gone six and two since Memorial Day weekend. Remember, we were in a semi-weekly league here, guys. So that's why there's uh, uh, all those games that we played so far. And there's Andrew Sullivan, who you just mentioned, six and two. There you are at five and three, holding steady. Uh, Jacob holding steady. Aaron going starting from the bottom and now working her way to six since Memorial Day weekend. And then there's the fantasy experts right here. Four and four. We suck. We don't know what we're talking about. Oh, and then Mario also, Mr. Fantasy Expert, two and six. So <laughs> yeah, I think he's just not paying attention to the league because I went to, I, I, you know, my DePoto ass was looking for trades for quite a few weeks. And he was just like missing people in his lineup. Like mm-hmm. he just didn't have people starting or people were injured and stuff. So. Hey, well, like I said, he's the fantasy expert. I mean, yeah. uh, he's uh, usually he's more of a set it and forget it guy. And he'll maybe chime in. Cause he, he doesn't believe in making too many transactions. Cause he believes that the guys he drafted were the correct guys. And that all they need is a little bit of time. I mean, he looks at these uh, leagues like, uh, like a portfolio and I could nudge him and say, Hey Mario, you want to, um, you know, fix your lineup here. But I don't want to wake up a sleeping giant. So you yeah. guys can go and, and wake up a sleeping giant. I'm not doing it. So I'm yeah. never going to doubt Mario or count him out. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, if he wants to win and prove that his system works, he needs to uh, make some changes. But if the if the role if the game is for him to play the long game and wait for some of these guys to pick up some games and and prove themselves and and show that they are who they are, then more power to them. But yeah, meanwhile he's just falling out. So it's up to him. Um, and then if we want to quickly go to the season, um, the the roto stats, which is always a big indicator as to how performance is. Um, based on the cat, the scoring categories that we have, and there's Andrew O'Sullivan, uh, yeah. at the very top since Memorial Day. And there's uh, and then so you talk about bad luck here, here's Sean, who was uh, at the bottom of the order in terms of the win loss record, but his team should be much better than it has shown, yeah. So, and then Aaron in third since Memorial Day, uh, there's uh, Mike Harvey who's showing that his uh, good record is not a fluke. Same thing with Jacob, same thing with you. Uh, oh, we're tied, actually. You and I are tied for sixth place. Yeah. So, And then the luckiest guy in the, and since Memorial Day weekend has been Henry. Even though for, at the beginning, Henry had the worst luck. That's why he was in last place. But all the roto standings show that he should be better than that. And now since Memorial Day weekend, it's reverse. He's had a really good record, but probably more luck-based than, than skill-based based on the roto standings. So it's just weird how this league uh, kind, of, uh, kind of works. But we are here. So I've been meaning to ask... What I know we talked about maybe a little bit of this uh, back when you were on back in March or April uh, after our draft, uh, but now it's late June. What do you think has been the big difference maker for your team this year, uh, leading the league and all that? Um, so I think for me, I was a little bit more willing to take risks this year. So I kind of like uh, one of my big uh, like draft um, things that I did was just you know, not being afraid to take a couple of risks, you know, obviously you're going to get your top like five, 10 picks or whatever. They're going to be like, you're, you know what you're going to get for them kind of guys. Right. You know, we had six keepers this year. Yeah. Uh, right. So, I mean, a lot of those guys are already on your team. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really have them uh, because something that I, I really, I don't think I mentioned last time, but this team wasn't my own. I picked this up in the middle of the season in about 2019, I believe. Right. When I came, uh, back, no, I believe since we switched over to this format, you've been in this league. Yeah, uh, but I, I joined it late in one. No, no, I wasn't. If the first year you had Fantrax, I joined in like July. 
No, that doesn't sound right. I feel like you've been in this, you've been a part of this league, uh, of this keeper league format since the very beginning. Cause we, I think we switched over to fan tracks in 2020 and I then the pandemic happened and that kind of delayed things, but I might be wrong. My memory might be hazy as uh, we might have a mixed history here, but I feel like you've been a part of this for a long time. Cause I don't, I mean, who, would, who would you have replaced at that point? No, somebody mean, left the league and, or, and they didn't want their team anymore. And I joined in like halfway through. That must have been during the ESPN years, man. Uh, I I mean, I could, I could double check. Like the players that I had, like on Mm -hmm. my team, were just like, like Goldschmidt and Yelich and stuff. Like they were on my team already when I like joined. Mm. I just like, I remember I made like a bunch of trades and stuff like that. I don't remember. I remember being on ESPN with you guys. Mm. All right, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but whatever. Um, Point is, is like, (laughs) I drafted even if if it was my team, I drafted horribly. I didn't really have a good team. Uh Uh, But last year, I made. A lot of trades specifically with uh, I, I made one big one with Aaron last year. It was like, you know, the big pieces were Springer and Betts and I wound up getting Betts. She got Springer and now my team is extremely solid. But I think yeah. the biggest indicator for me was this year's draft. I had my keepers. I had Goldschmidt. I had sadly Michael Conforto. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had uh, Mookie Betts, uh, Yelich and uh, Max Freed. I think I'm missing one. I can't remember who the other one is, um, but oh, Xander Bogarts. So, ah, okay, that's so a hell of so, a lineup there. Yeah. yeah, I had pretty strong people on um, my keepers already, so I just filled in the holes here and there. Um, but I took chances on guys like McNeil, who mm-hmm. didn't really have a great year last year, very injury injury ridden. Um, I took a chance on like you know I picked up like Charlie Morton and like Carrasco and stuff like that, like guys I feel like could like have could have like sneaky years. I, tra- I got Nestor Cortez at the beginning of the year, too. A lot of people were down on me on that one as well. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? I mean, I got Varsho very early. I took a risk on how early I picked Varsho yeah, yeah. to get catching ahead. But believe it or not, I don't know if you saw on my roster, but Varsho, I traded. Um, yes, I think so. <laughs> that, that's been the other thing. It's like my philosophy as, as, you know, what I've been doing that I believe worked the most for me was I, every day, you know, I go into work, I'm on the train, I have to, and I'm like, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to look at the waiver wire and I'm going to look at the players that are in the trends right now, getting picked up a lot, getting dropped a lot, whatever, see like what's happening. And then trying to like shape my roster positions or my roster additions based on that. And at the beginning of the year, I picked up Jeremy Pena right after he got called up. Uh, Nobody had him in their minor spots. So I've had him on my year, my, my league, my team all year. And he's been amazing for yep. me. Uh, very recently, Jet dropped Jesse Winker. Oh, no. His team was struggling very hard and he couldn't afford to keep Winker anymore. And I picked him up and I wrote this in my notes. But since I have picked him up, I think I picked him up like about 14 days ago. But over his last 30 days, I was being a little generous and in including like his like struggles a little bit. But for our league... He has a 256 average with a 412 on base percentage over his last 30 games, four homers, 14 RBIs, and 24 walks. Hmm. So, and that's his last 30 days. If you look at his last seven days, he has two of those home runs were this last week. You know, he has like almost like 10 RBIs in the last seven days. Like he's picking it up. And it was because my team was able to afford, you know, having a guy that wasn't really hitting that well, you know, being, you know, shadow, you know, sitting in the shadow of Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt, you know, Sander Bogarts, Jeff McNeil. Like I was able to afford that and it's paying off for me. So like pay attention to your waiver wire. 
don't be afraid to take risks in some trades that might seem scary, like, mm -hmm. you know, Dalton Varsho, J-Rod, Nestor Cortez, and um, Christian Yelich for Canel Marte, Carlos Rodon, um, Luis Castillo, and Jose Trevino. That was the big, the, one of the more recent trades I did. And I also just traded with Jet. Um, Devin Williams and uh, Ezekiel Duran for Eduardo Escobar and Ryan Presley because I already have two closers on my team and I needed holds really bad and someone yeah. who wasn't going to hurt me. And now my team is going to be even stronger with that to, in my background. So it's like take risks, check the wire, check the trends, see who's getting picked up, see who's getting dropped, make your decisions based on that. That's the best thing I've done so far. That's what's helped me so much. Like just guys that I picked up along the way that have like, like, you know, have been some of my best players. I had Juan Yepes for a long time. He was doing amazing stuff with the Cardinals. Um, I picked up um, Jonah Heim, the catcher for the Rangers, who, like, you know, doesn't play that often. But yeah. if anything, that's better for the catcher role because usually you're going to get hurt by catchers. So someone who doesn't play that often and doesn't suck when they do play, you know, hits his, he had, hits his numbers. He has some, you know, power. Hits for average. So doing well there. Jeremy Pena, if I wasn't paying attention to the – pickups and drop and drops i wouldn't have noticed that nobody had him picked him up had you know he's had an amazing season um well like, like i was saying like you know i picked up other pitchers like along the year going on as well really quick i just want to say so the the, the real secret is that you need a job that allows you to get on the train <laughs> or just spend five minutes at night just looking at the at the the free agent pool and like you know who's getting picked up by a lot of people like, you know, mm -hmm. the, the trends report and waiver wires, Winker, you know, waiver wire. If I was paying attention to the waiver wire, I wouldn't have gotten him. So it's like, you got to just spend time to, to, to win. Yeah. I mean, people say, uh, well, it's always a big controversy. Weekly leagues, daily leagues. Uh, people think that daily leagues, like, daily leagues are better and that weekly leagues are for lazy people or whatever. But I mean, you're, we're in semi-weekly leagues and you said it. It doesn't matter. You put in the work. You got to do your research. You got to look up things. You got to uh, make it into a habit. I mean, it looks like you're going on overdrive there. Um, uh, not that that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just sounds like you're really trying this. Like you just want to go for it and you're, you're doing your homework every night. It seems like every day. I mean, it's, it's, it's what I want to hear. I want to hear that. I want to hear that. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking trying here. If it, uh, if I make the moves that don't work, at least I'm trying, I'm not, I'm not giving up. Uh, and you do have a solid lineup and it looks like all your work has paid off this year because uh, you were at one point um, <clears throat> like just beating the crap out of all of us. Unfortunately for you, I mean, this is a, 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 a league full of killers, right? I mean, you just saw the, the standings and all that. So even through all that hard work, it doesn't always guarantee uh, success, yeah. but at least you're trying. I mean, you're, you're, go you're, going, you're going down swinging is what I'm trying to say with trades and, and timely waiver wire pickups and all that. And yeah. uh, there's your team again. I, I was looking to see the history of this stupid league and see where, when did you sign up? When did you start here? And I can't find it. Uh, maybe that's more of a Sean question, but I feel like you've been in this league since the very beginning, but I, I, I can't find any uh, record of that. But at any rate, there's your bench, Joey Votto. Let's go to your pitching rotation. So you're still going to believe in Luis Castillo. Um, I don't know. I, I always feel like Luis Castillo is really bad. And then I see like the 1.137 whip and the 371 ERA. Like, oh, maybe he's not as bad as I thought he was, but I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be, uh, I'd I mean, be freaking out. That was part of the that I got Rodone for. And, like, it was my issue there was that uh, me and Andrew was kind of just, like, 
very even-sided trade. It was like he needed hitting, uh, specifically yeah. outfield, and I really needed pitching. Like I had like three guys that were solid, and then I had like people like Carrasco and Mort- Morton and stuff that either like were electric or they sucked. And I, oh, I just needed like one more solid guy. And, the, and I got Rodon and Castillo back. So it's like my team, is, my pitching is way more stacked now. And my hitting hasn't really suffered from the guys that I lost, like Varsho and J-Rod. Like, yeah, they're electric, but that's not really what I needed. I, I, I So three of my losses, I, I had three losses that in the last like 30 days, I think, when you were just looking up or since Memorial Day. Yeah. And two of those losses were ties. Hmm. And it was because my hitting was amazing and my pitching sucked. And I tied. So it was like, that's why I made that trade. It was like, I could afford, like, J-Rod's not carrying my hitting and neither is Varsho. So it's like, why don't I offload those two guys and get the thing that was hurting my team? And it was the, it was the pitching. And now my team has been a lot more, a lot stronger. And I noticed another weakness with holds. My holds, every, I always picked up random guys for holds. And they always had blow up games and they would always hurt my pitching stats. So I was like, no, let me trade for holds. And I did so no my problem is that all the guys i pick up for holds end up being the closer for their team so it's like like, oh it sucks (laughs) i'm so good at it that i that that they just bypass a holds part of their game and go straight to the saves and ah felipe you're too damn good too damn good at this um so i see that you have no bullpen uh, arms on your bench at the moment it's it's loaded with starting pitchers which is probably a much better strategy than what i'm trying to do is uh, just always make sure that I pick up what I think would be the best available relief pitcher uh, at least once every 10 days or so, it seems like. So I do have a lot of bullpen arms because you never know. Yeah, bullpen arms are pretty uh, – they can be very either uh, consistent and reliable or they can be flaky as hell. And uh, yeah, that's why I always like to have backup plans because, you know, it's all matchups based and all that. You're going the opposite, which is probably the smarter thing to do is – just get a bunch of starting pitchers and you have a lot of known commodities here yeah. because you know, semi-weekly league, you need pitchers for Monday through Thursday. You need pitchers for the weekend as well. They don't always start every single game. So uh, this might end up working best for you as opposed to my strategy, which I'm just, Oh boy. Well, I mean, I've been decimated <laughs> with injuries, but my strategy is like, fuck it. Let's just see who's yeah. let's see. Let's play the matchups and who's a hot hand because it, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous strategy, but it's out of desperation because I, I can't, my guys can't stay healthy. They can't, uh, put, put it this way, James, the, the guys I was most excited about this year were the three Minnesota Twins, um, the three Minnesota Twins starters, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, and those three guys have been hurt at one point or another. They've not been healthy at the same time yeah. all season long, it seems like. So uh, they kind of been hurting me. So now I'm relying on guys like Rich Hill, Michael Waka. Dane Dunning for a few weeks or so that there I finally got rid of him. I hope I never, I hope I never pick him up ever again, but you're going, this is, I'm just marveling at how, um, how, uh, uh, I mean, these are some big names. These are some big names. These are who's who of uh, starting pitching in the last few years or so. And uh, I, I guess it's been working for you just kind of shuffling them in and out uh, into your lineup and in your bench. Right. I'll say like what my, my strategy really has been like, I started the year drafting, Camilo Doval and Presley. 
So like I had two of my relievers already. Those guys were never going to leave the lineup. And then I wound up uh, picking up Bard, you know, like I said, checking the trends report, seeing who's getting picked up a lot. And Bard had a really good season when the Rock or the start of the season when the Rockies were actually like winning. Mm-hmm. He was getting a lot of saves and it's still been great. So I picked them up. I was like, well, I have my three relievers right there. They're pitching every week. I'm getting saves and holds and stuff from them or whatever. Right. So I was like, for a while I was running four relief pitchers actually. So my pitcher slot also had a reliever. So it was like, I had Duvall, uh, Presley and Bard all getting saves. And then I had a fourth guy who was like my holds, but now that I've traded for Williams, now that last spot is going to be a starter again. And the reason for it is that our league is innings pitch we play in an in, in innings pitch league. So it's like, yeah, you know, I have my relievers that play often and I'm down my fourth slot. I really want it to be for starters. And, you know, now I have, uh, you know, a couple of these guys I've kind of picked up along the way because I only had like two starts in, in like a period instead of like four or three. So, or, or I would even have one start like this past um, uh, period. I had to pick up Zach Renke for a start because I had no, I only had like one person pitching. And I think it was like, um, Des- Descofani was like my only pitcher. Yeah. I wasn't really feeling safe about, you know, coming off injuries. So I picked up uh, Granky to also help me out there. And I'm probably going to wind up dropping him again. I mean, we'll see. He had a great game. Who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, just, I've just been using a lot of starters and that's why I have so many, but it's, you know, I've been I mean, offering to trade any all year, but nobody's biting. So. I, I have a lot of starters too, but they're not this good. They're not the, the, this, <laughs> these established names you got here. I mean, this is amazing. I, it, it, I just look at this like, man, this guy has options. And then I look at my team like, man, I got nothing here. I got <laughs> to trust Michael Waka next week. And this sucks. I don't like it, yeah. but uh, I'm not I giving started, up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I started the year drafting. I had Freed as a keeper. And then I drafted Cortez, Montgomery, um, Morton. Uh, Descofani and Gosman, like all those were drafts. Like I drafted all of those guys. I got a lot of pitching because I all, five of my keepers were hitters. So mm. I was like, I got a lot of pitching to start, and you know those guys are having like crazy damn years so far. Like I don't know. It's just, and I I've just gotten kind of lucky with the fact that they've all kind of pitched in different periods. So I've been able to like space it out a little bit, which I think is probably a lot of luck on my end being able to have free pitch in one period and then have Gosman pitch in the other, you know? Yeah, like, no, it's very luxurious. I mean, I, I remember when I had that luxury, when I had Gossman and Joe Musgrove and Lucas Giolito firing, firing in all cylinders. And it looks, yeah, every time I look at your team, it's like, man, this used to be my team. I used to have <laughs> yeah. Gossman. I used to have Gossman. Shit. I mean, it was funny. I remember I gave you so much shit for drafting Gosman last year, like in like the first or two, second uh, round. You and weren't the only year, one. I, yeah, I drafted him. I had back-to-back picks, I think, or like, I had one pick and then one pick another th- uh, three later in the first and second rounds. And I went like back to back. I went Gosman and then I went, um, ah, who was the other one? I went Go- yeah, Gosman. And then who, who were my other starters that I even have? I forget. I don't think it was Morton. I think that would have been super early for Morton, but like it, whatever I got like two starters, like back to back. Oh, you're going to look at the draft. Uh, you got me curious here. Oh, yeah. There wasn't really anything left. That's what it was. And Morton was expected to have a decent year. Oh, so that's what it was. Okay, so you, oh wow, you, yeah, first round again. This is a six, the six keeper league, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. So you're pretty much trying to solidify your um, your starting rotation, and then yeah, Dalton Varsho in the third round. Yeah, we talked about this already, but it's always yeah. nice to see. Okay, so yeah, uh, you were trying to fill out your starting rotation, and then you were the rest of the draft. You were just trying to you know fill out the rest of your lineup um, as well. There's Stanley Marte, so now now you're starting to. Uh, you, yeah, fill out the rest of your hitting lineup you know, with Yamankata and Sonny Marte in the fifth and sixth oh, round. So a nice little balance you got there. As, 
But no, I mean, this, this is the beautiful thing about this league is that there's so many ways to build and, and construct your roster. Um, it really makes it feel like you are running a real baseball team, which is always the, to me, that's always the, been the point about these, uh, about these fantasy leagues is can we get you uh, to feel like you're running an actual baseball team? And uh, I think little by little every year we are um, thanks to Aaron and Sean for kind of just, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just dealing with me. Cause I'm, I'm always like, Hey, what do you guys think if we do this? So the, you just mentioned the innings pitch, right? That's, that's something new. Like, Hey guys, I, I feel like starting pitchers have been kind of a, a an afterthought in this league for whatever reasons. Uh, I feel like we need to figure out a way to, uh, get them at the forefront because I feel like too many teams are relying on relief pitchers. So we all agreed, all three of us agreed, let's just put innings pitch. I mean, we already have it as a, as a, as a qualifier, every, every period, you know, we need to get 20 innings pitched anyway. So let's really encourage people to get to those 20 innings and, and then some, and I think that ended up being a very uh, good difference maker to how this league is, um, how people have decided to construct their, their teams in this league. Uh, and, and I think you've done a pretty darn good job. Now I haven't seen other teams, you know, I don't pay attention until I have to face them. Uh, but I mean, I, it, this, it's a, I mean, I'll tell you what, man, I, I, uh, I would, I would love to have your problems, <laughs> uh, uh, every once in a while <laughs> compared my, to, my problem is literally just having too many players, <laughs> too, too many good starting pitchers, too many good players. Many good whereas, players. whereas me, it's like, Oh, Jonathan India is now my only bench guy on the, and now he's injured again. Are you serious? I have him on my other league, and I, I every other week I have to fucking take him off my ro- my roster. It's so annoying. Yeah, I, I just started him, uh, and you know I don't know what I did. I need to get rid of that. This is some. Oh, is it this? Oh, thank God! It's driving me crazy. Direct messaging. Who does that? Uh, no, but yeah, uh, I, I just put him in my points league into my starting lineup, and and I decided not to pick up a second baseman this week because oh well, India looks like he's funny. You know, he hit a home run the other day and it looks like he, he already has 11 points in this week. So he's he's on the right path. And then he he gets hit by a pitch. Uh, his hand is uh, actually show that it came back negative. So we'll see if he okay. actually plays. But I'm now might consider having to pick up another second baseman because uh, Jonathan India cannot stay healthy this year. So what a bus he's been, right? Rookie of the year, my ass. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, do you this is... have him specifically in the second base slot, or do you have him like middle infield? Or like, oh, have... India uh, in the other league? No, in the, or in this one? Like, who, where were you he, using here? Um, I haven't used him because he's always hurt. <laughs> he's always hurt, and he's been on my bench because I, I don't know how he's gonna react. You know, being gone for so long with the hamstring injury is a hamstring actually healthy? Or, or did they give him enough time to rest because they didn't do it last time? Uh, so that's kind of a concern for me, but so I have him on my, my bench and, and, and this week I was considering starting him in this league and he's hurt again. So who's, who am I relying for middle infield? I mean, my team's a mess. I don't even know how I'm winning so many games. Oh, I'm, I'm counting on, I'm at Rosario to be my, my miracle worker here at middle infield. So we'll see what happens. I mean, he's been, he's been pretty on fire lately and he's been stealing a lot of bases, which is something I, I'm not very I don't take seriously, you know, look for guys who stolen bases, but he's, he's got the bat speed. He's been on base uh, recently a lot lately and he can steal bases too, to boot. Let's give him the old try. Let's give him the old college try. And, and maybe Jonathan India will be healthy sometime in the near future. Cause I really need him to step up, but yeah, this is my pitching Ugh, garbage. Sonny Gray can't stay healthy. Joe Musgrove got back in COVID. I don't know how he's going to react. Fremer Valdez. Every time you look at his, um, at his what do you call it his uh, stat 
StatCast page, StatCast page, it's always in blue, but the results are always there. We just talked about him and him and the Astros. I just picked up Felix Batista because uh, uh, he could throw really hard and fast, just like Emmanuel Classe yeah. and Clay Holmes with the ridiculous sinker ball and Sir Anthony Dominguez. Like I said, Dominguez is going to be my holds guy, and he's been picking up saves. So I'm like, come on, man, I can't. That's funny. I was going to tell you to pick up Kluber before when you were talking about pitching, and you already have him. You're ahead of me. I drafted him, man. Oh, you did? Uh, I just yeah, I mean, I dropped him, but then I got him back anyway. So, and he's he's been on the bubble on my team, but every time I want to drop him, he always proves that he still has it. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm counting on Bo Brieski, Zach Davies, Rich Hill, because everybody gets hurt. I got like a five, four, four or five guys who are injured right now on my yeah. at starting pitching. So, and then of course AJ Minter. Like I said, that's why I was shocked to see that you didn't have any uh, bullpen bench guys. So, as you totally going in a different strategy than I am because I don't have, I don't have enough healthy arms to put a starting pitcher in my pitching slot, you know, my, my utility pitching slot here. That's yeah. why Dominguez is there. So, so, so yeah, just a different approach to uh, building lineups, which I find very fascinating and interesting, but uh, whatever you're doing, it's working. You're being aggressive on waiver. You're, you're, you probably have the most trades of anyone. And the only bad thing for you is, like I said, you're in a league full of killers, man. That's just, that's just the name of the game. You're in a league full of killers who uh, also want to buy, uh, buy for that top spot, and they want one of these things right here. Because yeah. these fly, these things right here, the banners that I'm pointing at, those fly forever. Yeah. By the way, you're, you're just consider that your name might be too long here. <laughs> and my wife says that they're not they're not charging by the letter, but yeah, you, I notice that your name just keeps going on forever and ever. So. Oh, well, my, uh, my lead, my name, my team name. Yeah, no, you, <laughs> I, I I did it that. Uh, the reason why it's named that. Uh, What's it called? You bet on winning with the Marte party Parte is because uh, Sean uh, told me to do it since I traded for Cattell Marte and I already have Starling Marte on my team. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I have to add that to your team name now is with the Marte Parte because you got both the Martes on them. So that, that's why I have that. But you, we could just stick with the you bet on winning one. If that one's still not, if that one's too long, then. No, I, I don't, it's for your own sake, man. You just got to realize that, that that's, that's what's going to stay there. Like I said, my wife says that, that they don't get charged by the letter, so it doesn't matter. But uh, just know that that is what's going to go on the banner. You bet I'm winning with the Marte Parte, unless you tell me otherwise, unless you make a change at the end. But, uh, yeah, some variation of that team name is going to go, and it's going to fly forever in your uh, in your championship banner. Oh, we're jumping the gun here. We're assuming if you win this championship, <laughs> oh, which yeah. uh, in this I'm, league, it's not guaranteed. I'm going to keep building my team, going to keep setting trades. Let me know if you want to work on the outfield problem. And we'll figure, <laughs> we'll figure something out. <laughs> uh, last question before I let you go. So, <clears throat> as you know, uh, young whippersnapper here, I hold the record for most wins in a regular season in this league, you know, 30, 30 plus games last year. Uh, do you see anybody getting to 30 wins this year, whether it be you or Jacob? Uh, you guys are the leader in wins so far this year with uh, 15 and 14, respectively. Then you got me and Mike with 13. Uh, are, are we going to see that again? Uh, a team get to 30 wins? I think this season might be tough just because if you look at like the standings in our, in our, uh, you know, our team or league, yeah. you know, the people who are winning aren't even really winning by that much. Like, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. In terms of like record. So it's like, you know, I would like to say like, yeah, I could do 30 wins, but it's like, I only have 15 right now. It's already July. Right. And it's like, my team's already starting to fall a little bit more. In the no, last we saw this. Thing. Yeah. We saw the Memorial Day standings. 
So it's like, you know, yeah, I just made two big trades and, you know, my team is immediately doing better after those, I made those trades, but, Mm -hmm. and at the same time, it's like, can I really expect that I'm going to win like, you know, you know, 600 win percentage for the rest of the season to be able to get to, you know, you know, 30 wins, maybe, but probably not. I think everybody has really good teams this year where everybody's close, everybody's fighting, you know, and I, I don't really know if it's possible. Uh, you pulled the record. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is last year. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't ignore that. <laughs> That's not important. I'm talking about this right here. So there's uh, the closest uh, that we got last year was 28 wins uh, with Sean uh, coming in second place. And 26 is also a possibility in this league. So we might see some variation of this, but yeah, I'm just kind of curious to see if, uh, if you thought, so it sounds like you understand that this is a, a very competitive league and that uh, it's not easy to dominate like Felipe did last year. This is really, a, see, you thought you were coming in to brag about yourself, but this is really <laughs> my platform to brag about myself, right? This is what it sounds like. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I'll just kind of, cause I, I did, I did uh, in previous podcasts, I did go to Sean in a, in a very, you know, matter of factly conversation, you know, Hey, if James keeps doing what he's doing, he might get to 30 wins and maybe even break my record. So uh, so it's a possibility, but you just mentioned all the things that you, you're going in a little slip right now, but you are making changes to uh, correct those uh, little slippages. Yeah, but it is. A, I mean, you saw this. We got some four or five teams that are are, are hunting for you and gunning for you. So, yeah, uh, it, I think yeah. the big thing about my team, though, that like makes me think that I could do 30 wins that even if you look at the losses, like the times that I did lose. My, I have the highest like points for and like almost one of the lowest points against in the league. Yeah. You know, and it's like when I win, I win by a lot. And when I lose, I barely lose. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like I could really like I it's a sustainable, you know, team. And if you look at my losses or my ties, it's almost all because of like pitching, which is something that I've actively like worked at fixing. Yeah. You know, I lost like three my, my last two trades. I got three pitchers back and only traded hitters that like weren't really carrying my team. And like my hitting hasn't changed since that those trades have really happened. So yeah. Like if you, you could even just go to live scoring or whatever, and just like go back the last couple like periods and see my losses or something, but uh, this is yours. No, this is last year. So I want to just, I'm curious to see where everybody was. Um, the fuck. Oh, I messed up. Hold on. I just got kind of curious to see where everybody was around this time last year. And then we could finish with that just to see, uh, what you would need to get to the 30 wins. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is being ridiculously slow. So I'm going to turn off the stop sharing. Oh no, that it's, it's back. Oh, it is here. June 28th. Oh, so, Oh, sorry, dude. You're behind, but you know what we, unless uh, I'm not doing this right, unless I'm not doing this right, but uh, yeah, it's June 26th, June 28th. I'm doing June 28th because I figured like we had to go through the weekend games. So yeah. I'm kind of, let's see what, what happened. Uh, June tw- if, 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 if it makes a difference that we go by June 26 uh, as this thing loads up a little bit but as you can see by by the end of the the last weekend of June I was already at 17 wins the season did start earlier though last year I, I think so maybe that plays a role so yeah so um 17 yeah, wins so you have one more game played than I do okay general. so I, I'm 15 and seven right now Okay. So since, since you're 17 and eight, you have two more wins than me, but only one more loss than me. If that makes wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, you have one more loss, so you have more three games more played than I do. So you have oh. two more wins than me, but you have one more loss. So it's like that. It's because of the beginning of the season where we lost out on like about three periods. So you know, who knows? I I mean, I could be, you know, on, on the same pace. I, I don't want to try to calculate pace right now, but yeah, like, 
I, I'm, I'm curious though. Yeah. Points for 314 points against 236. I don't know if you want to like try pulling up my point. Well, I'll tell you right now. Go ahead. Answer. Tell me. Go ahead. My points for at this point of the season is 327.5. And my points again against is 224.5. So, oh, so my, it's a more it's a little bit better than yours. No, it's a hell of a dominant effort from you. That's why I'm yeah. like, man, he has a good chance to not just tie me, but he might crush it. So yeah, it's a plus 78 for me. And then uh, what was it? 327 and what? It was 327 and 224, so over 100. Yeah, that's, that's sick. That is absolutely sick. Yeah. Um, so that's where it is. But, yeah, you're right. It's kind of hard to gauge. I mean, maybe I can – how many games have you played so far? 22? Uh, so 15 and 7, so, yeah, 22. 22, and that's uh, – what is that? That's uh, 25. Okay, so maybe let's try – Let's go to the 12th maybe or the 13th or something. Oh, like oops. That. Yeah, I should have done that instead. I'll just go – see what happens on june 17th yeah this is riveting riveting podcasting here that so we're we're, we're, we're in the web we're in the fan tracks website and we're just trying to figure out if james can get to 30 wins this year but and as you can see there's a lot of other people uh oh there it is oh here we are yeah oh so sean sean was on pace to get to 30 wins well he didn't have a 100 run uh, points differential like i did so may, maybe i'm a little bit more set up for success than sean was oh he, got he, won, he, is, he is the one that won last year so <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so whoever, oh yeah. Cause we're, you know what? I just realized we're at the halfway point in our league. Cause we play 44 games. We're at the halfway point in this league and uh, you're in the lead just like Sean was last year. Not as dominant though. Last year, Sean, as uh, you are. That's why I'm, I, I was, that's where the question really stems from. So maybe that's the secret. That it was the halfway point. That could have been the point of the, the thing is talking about the halfway point of the season or something. Yeah, but maybe that's what it is. Maybe whoever yeah. leads at the halfway point ends up winning the championship. We'll see. I don't know. I don't want to jinx myself. I know you're trying to jinx me right now. because No, yeah. I, I want to jinx everything. I want to jinx everybody. You know, jinx the Pokemon. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that's a good place to stop. Uh, James, any last words? You need, You got anything to plug for us? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I have my Twitch. Uh, twitch.tv slash sly ssb also i want to show you the new addition to the family here oh boy oh boy so uh unfortunately uh i didn't post about it in pet life yet but um one of my dogs for my whole life that i had since i was about nine years old his name was shay named after the mets you know old stadium uh he sadly passed away um so my family decided to rescue a new puppy her name is sasha she's a golden retriever she's very very cute (laughs) <laughs> that's a very cute dog man um, yeah so you know giving a new another dog a chance you know at a happy life there you go there you go wait i'm sorry is that your parents or is that, did you say that was your dog that's coming uh, so i mean it is technically my dog because i do you know they're my parents but they it, she lives with them and i live in brooklyn and they live in jersey so oh i see okay but i already did convince them that she could come to brooklyn with me every now and then so maybe there you go that you know the dog with me in my podcast from my house sometimes or something. You know? <laughs> and and uh, her name was, uh, what was it again? I, I missed uh, Sasha. it. Sasha. Okay. I did hear right. Okay. I thought maybe I had Sasha in my mind because of wrestling. Sasha Banks got released by the WWE. Anyway. Yeah. You can see wrestling's on my mind. Cause I got a wrestling show to go to later tonight. <laughs> uh, uh, well, anyway, that's James. Thank you so much for showing up. Um, uh, next week is the July 4th weekend. I have to talk to Sean and Austin and see if we're going to do a show or not. Cause well, not even Austin. I think Austin's gone. Anyway, I got to talk to those guys and see what we're doing. If not, we okay. can just skip next week. Yeah, I'm right. still available. 
my birthday's uh my birthday's on the fifth be a nice little birthday little you want you want to do the podcast again on, uh, on your birthday weekend i hear okay yeah we why not cons- we could we'll do that halfway point of the season that we were talking about that <laughs> halfway through the season we could talk more about that because i know we did a lot of mets and yankees and mlb stuff so yeah well, i'm down well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming in from the bullpen. I mean, like I said, I, I like to use that uh, idiom because uh, you were a former uh, college pitcher for a little bit. Um, so I kind of like that visuality there. But uh, thank you so much for coming in and uh, and, and subbing in for those other guys. Uh, so maybe we'll be back next week. Maybe we won't. We'll see. But if anything, happy early July 4th to everybody else. For Felipe, that is James over. No, wait, hold on. For James, I am Felipe. Have a wonderful weekend and I'll see you soon. Have take care, everybody. Bye, everybody.